Welcome to the Summerton Church of God Sermon Podcast, a podcast to help you find life, freedom, and purpose in Jesus Christ. I want you to take your Bibles this morning and go with me to Romans chapter 1. To Romans chapter 1. You know, as we were singing this song just a few moments ago, and we got to that part to where it says, He is for you. He is for you. And we kept repeating it over and over again. He is for you. He is for you. He is for you. And the Bible assures us as followers of Christ who are committed to hearing and obeying the word of God that if God be for us, who can be against us? But as we have seen time and time again in Scripture, God can be against us. We saw that time and time again with the nation of Israel. We've just finished up this series that we called Unsung Heroes. In the first week of that series, we talked about Jonathan. And then the second week, Jamie talked about Rizpah. And then I finished that series out talking about Gideon and Josiah. And when you go back and you look, especially at the three men that I talked about in this series, Jonathan emerged as a hero when the people of God were being oppressed by the Philistines. Then we see that Gideon emerged as a hero, a mighty man of valor, God had allowed the Israelites to be oppressed by the Midianites, and we studied that, how that for seven years they had been oppressed by the Midianites. And then last week, for just a few moments, because we had such a powerful move of the Holy Spirit last week, for just a few moments I talked to you about Josiah. And Josiah was king during a time when the nation of Israel was being oppressed by both Assyria and Babylon. And we looked at these unsung heroes that emerged during a time when God had basically said to his people, okay, enough is enough. You've abandoned me for so long that now I'm just going to go ahead and I'm going to turn you over to your enemy nations. I'm, I'm going to allow you to suffer the consequences of the choices that you have made. This morning I want to talk to you on this subject when God abandons a nation. And I'm going to be honest with you today, I'm very concerned about our nation. Because I'm beginning to see multiple signs that God is or God has abandoned the United States of America. And, and this would not be the first nation that God had abandoned. Listen to what the Bible tells us in Judges, and this actually should be Judges chapter 10, verse 13 and 14. But in Judges 10, 13 and 14, God says to the nation of Israel, you have abandoned me and served other gods, so I'm not going to rescue you anymore. They had continued in their abandonment toward God, and God finally said, listen, I'm done. I'm not going to rescue you anymore. And then in verse 14, he says, go and cry out to the gods you have chosen. 
Let them rescue you in your hour of distress. Well, that's something that you don't ever hear God say to you, isn't it? We see in the book of Proverbs chapter 1, beginning at verse 24, the Lord speaks and says, I called you so often, but you wouldn't come. I reached out to you, but you paid no attention. You ignored my advice and rejected the correction I offered. So I will laugh at you when you're in trouble. I will mock you when disaster overtakes you, when calamity overtakes you like a storm, when disaster engulfs you like a cyclone and anguish and distress overwhelm you. When they cry for help, I will not answer. Though they anxiously search for me, they will not find me. For they hated knowledge and chose not to fear the Lord. Let me tell you, we're going to see some signs here today that's been happening in this nation that if we're not careful, will cause God, if he hasn't already, will cause him to abandon us. Verse 30, it says, they rejected my advice and paid no attention when I corrected them. Therefore, they must eat the bitter fruit of living their own way, choking on their own schemes. Listen to what he said through the prophet Hosea to the nation of Israel. He said, let Israel alone because she is married to idolatry. And then you go to the New Testament book of Acts chapter 14. And the apostle Paul preaching in Lystra, he says these words. He said, in the past, God permitted all the nations to go their own ways. And I do believe that there is a point in time that if we're going to continue in our rebellion and continue in our disobedience as a nation and continue to reject God as our God, that we're going to come to this place to where God is going to allow this nation, if he hasn't already, God is going to allow this nation to just go their own way. And nowhere is this more clearly seen than in the book of Romans chapter 1. Because in Romans chapter 1, verses 24, verse 26, and verse 28, three times it says that God abandoned them. And really what we see is we see a spiritual progression. This passage of Scripture is not a Scripture about evolution, this, this is a passage of scripture about de-evolution. Let, let me tell you something about humankind. Humankind did not start low and ascend high. Humankind, if you study the history, started high and has descended low. And we'll see that in this passage of Scripture. But in Romans chapter 1, verse 24, first of all, it says that God abandoned them to do whatever shameful things their heart desired. Now, we know that the Bible says that the heart is wicked above all things, that it's evil above all things. And the Scripture says that God abandoned them those who continue to live in disobedience, those who continue to live in, in, in rebellion. Matter of fact, the book of Romans is all about the righteousness of God. 
But before he can talk about the righteousness of God, he's got to talk about the unrighteousness of people. And then he talks about the only way that we can be made righteous is through a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. But he points out how unrighteous we as a whole, humankind, has become. And he says, because of that, God abandoned them to do whatever shameful things their heart desired. And then he said, as a result, they did vile and degrading things with each other's bodies. But I want you to notice that it started in the heart and it showed up in the body. And what we're looking at here, the first step in this progression is sexual immorality. Now, let me ask you something about the United States of America that we live in. Are there any signs in this nation of sexual immorality? Absolutely, they are. You can't hardly listen to anything on the radio anymore. You can't hardly watch anything on television anymore. It's like fornication and adultery has received the stamp of approval in our nation. But I'm going to tell you something. It's displeasing to God. And because of that, it says that God abandoned them to do whatever shameful things their heart desired. Can you imagine when this nation has been abandoned by God and God says, okay, I'm just going to let every evil and wicked thing in their heart, I'm going to let them just go ahead and act on it because he knows that there's a way that seems right to man, but it ends in destruction. And sometimes God will allow us to end up in that place of destruction because on our backs we are looking up and hopefully like the nation of Israel did, we will cry out to God and we will repent of our sins and God will once again heal and revive our land. Amen? But notice, verse 24, God abandoned them. But the progression goes even deeper because notice in chapter 1, verse 26, it says that God abandoned them to their shameful desires. And it started with sexual immorality, fornication, adultery, pornography. But then it progresses even deeper. Even the women turned against the natural way to have sex and instead indulged in sex with each other. And the men, instead of having normal sexual relations with women, burned with their lust for each other. Men did shameful things with other men. And as a result, look at this, of this sin. Let me say that again. As a result of this sin. In case you're wondering, the Bible is very clear that sexual immorality and homosexuality is sin. It is not approved of by God. It may be approved of in this nation and other nations, but it is still sin in the eyes of the Lord. And he says that these men did shameful things with each other, and as a result of this sin, they suffered within themselves the penalty they deserved. That's a scripture that's talking about the fruit of the sin of sexual immorality and homosexuality. Things like different sexually transmitted diseases, AIDS, things of that nature. That's what happens when God says, okay, if you want your way, I'm going to let you have your way. And you're going to find out that this whole time that I've been loving you and trying to protect you and keep you from this kind of destruction. 
But then notice what it says in verse 28. He says it again. So since they thought it foolish to acknowledge God, what did he do? Third time, he abandoned them. It's just another way of saying he turned them over, just like he did the nation of Israel. He turned them over to the Philistines. He turned them over to the Midianites. He turned them over to the Assyrians. He turned them over to the Babylonians. And he abandoned them. He turned them over to their foolish thinking and let them do things that should never be done. This is that point in society where it's like they've just opened a sewer and allowed it to just flow throughout all of culture. And every sin and wickedness imaginable begins to happen. Because listen to what the scripture says, their lives became full of every kind of wickedness, sin, greed, hate, envy, murder, quarreling, deception, malicious behavior, and gossip. They are backstabbers, haters of God, insolent, proud, and boastful. And can I stop right here and say these things are sin as well. Are you listening to your pastor this morning? Not just sexual immorality and not just homosexuality. Yes, the Bible is very clear that those things are sin. But the Bible is also very clear that backstabbers and haters of God and insolent and proud and boastful people, they're also sinful people. And he says they invent new ways of sinning and they disobey their parents. Listen to me this morning. Did you know children and young people in this room here today that in the Old Testament that if you disobeyed and dishonored your parents, you would die. It, it called for the death penalty. That was a very serious thing to God for children to disobey their parents. And then notice in verse 31, it says they refuse to understand. They break their promises. They're heartless they have no mercy. Or are we beginning to see the culture that we live in? They know God's justice requires that those who do these things deserve to die, yet they do them anyway. They know what the consequences are, but they choose to do them anyway. But look how far man has digressed. Worse yet, they encourage others to do them too. It's not only is culture being saturated and baptized in all of this evil and wickedness, knowing that it's wrong and knowing what the consequences are, but they're encouraging others to join them, to be a part of this with them. Listen, this is what happens to a culture this is what happens to a nation that has continually disobeyed God and rebelled against God and abandoned God. And finally God says, okay, if that's the way you want it, I'm going to let you have it. And it's not that God's wrath is poured out by him sending fire from heaven. His wrath is poured out by allowing us to suffer the consequences of the bad choices and the bad decisions that we make. Listen, we reap what we sow. And if we are sowing sin, we are going to reap the consequences of sin. That's just how it works, ladies and gentlemen. So what causes God to do this? What causes God to say to a nation or to a people, I'm done. 
Well, I, begin, I believe it begins with, with revelation. With revelation. Because listen, listen to what Romans 1.18. Let's go back to the beginning of this passage that I asked you to go to with me this morning. Romans 1.18. It says that God shows his anger from heaven against all sinful, wicked people who do what? Who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Now, in order to suppress the truth, you had to have the truth revealed to you. So what this is saying is that once truth was revealed, we decided we don't want anything to do with truth. We want to continue to just live according to our own law and according to the shameful desires of our own hearts. And so in doing that, the truth is suppressed. And as we're going to see here in just a few moments, the more you suppress the truth, the more your conscience becomes seared to where the truth really doesn't mean anything to you anymore. And let me tell you something in this nation. In this nation, truth is being suppressed. It's not that the leaders of this nation and others in this nation don't know what truth is. They, they just choose to suppress truth. And, and they choose to live a lie instead of the truth. Amen? And notice what he says. He says that this is really what starts it all, that God has revealed truth, especially truth about himself. Because listen to what the scripture says in verse 19. He says, they know the truth. You got that? They know the truth about God because he has made it obvious about him. You got to understand this. When you reject truth, and we have a culture today that's telling us, well, truth is relevant. There are no absolute truths. Truth is what you want to be truth. And truth is whatever you determine to be truth. And listen, when you reject truth, I'm talking about real truth. When you reject truth, listen to me, you're rejecting God. Because God is truth. Jesus himself said it. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And so when you are rejecting truth, you are rejecting God. So when we see here that, 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 that this society, that this culture, that humankind has continually rejected truth, what it's saying is they have continually rejected God. Because notice he says, they know the truth about God because God has made it obvious to them. God has done everything that he can possibly do to reveal that he is real, that he exists. Really in theology, they call it by two names, two, two, two different kinds of revelation that God has given to make himself known to us. One is called general revelation or natural revelation. That's what this passage, Romans chapter 1, is talking about in verse 20. When it says that ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky. Let me ask you something. When you walked in and got out of your car this morning, walked through the parking lot to come in this building, did you see the earth and the sky? Yes, we all saw the earth and the sky. And we see it pretty much every single day if we get out of our house. He said, ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky. 
through everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. You have people say, well, what about those people who've never heard about God? Will they die and go to hell? Listen to me. There is no excuse why any person on the face of the earth does not have the truth that God exists because God has given he has given general revelation through the things that he has created I mean when you look at creation reason just simply says somebody had to create this when you see the wonderful design of this universe I mean, logic just simply says somebody had to design this. There had to be a designer for the design. There had to be a creator for the creation, right? Now, we know, we know exactly what our culture is trying to do, and it's another one of those lies, is they're trying to shoot this down with evolution, and they're also trying, as we'll see in just a moment, to destroy the special revelation that God has given us. But God has made himself known through everything that has been created. All of creation tells us some things about God. It tells us that God is a God of might. It tells us that God is a God of intelligence. It tells us that God is a God of order. It tells us that God is a God of beauty. It tells us that God is a God who has control over powerful forces. Listen to what the writer of the Psalm said in Psalm 19. He said, the heavens do what? They proclaim the glory of God. The skies display his craftsmanship. Every time you look at the heavens, they've got something to say. They're proclaiming that God is, that God exists, that God is real. The skies display his craftsmanship. What a master artist he is. And then verse 2 says, day after day, they continue to speak. Night after night, what do they do? They Make God known. And then verse 3 says, They speak without a sound or a word. Their voice is never heard, yet their message has gone throughout the earth and their words to all the world. It's like everything God has created are witnesses. They are evangelists to the existence and to the power of Almighty God. But not only do we have what is called general revelation or natural revelation, we also have special revelation or supernatural revelation. You remember a couple of weeks ago when I talked to you about Gideon and Gideon was in a wine press treading out grain and the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon and said, Gideon, thou mighty man of valor, that was actually a theophany. That was actually a pre-incarnate appearance of Jesus. This was a special revelation to Gideon that God is, that God exists, and that God is for you, and God is on your side. Some other ways that God supernaturally reveals himself to us is he many times speaks to us through dreams and through visions. I've heard of so many people in Islamic countries 
that through dreams or visions, the Lord Jesus appeared to them. And as a result of those encounters, they forsook all of their other gods and wholeheartedly followed the Lord Jesus Christ. That is special revelation. Let me, let me share with you another special revelation, supernatural revelation that God has given us, his word. Listen to me, everything that you need to know about God, you can discover about him right here in this book. But if that's not enough for you, maybe the most primary example that God has given us of his existence is his son, Jesus Christ. John chapter one, verse one says, in the beginning, the word already existed and the word was with God and the word was what? The word was God. And then notice what it said in verse 14. So the word that is God became human and made his home among us. So God becomes flesh. God becomes a human being. God becomes a man. And then verse 18 says, no one has ever seen God, but the unique one, Jesus, who is himself God, is near the Father's heart. Look, he has revealed God to us. Amen. God sent his son, his only begotten son here to this earth as God in the flesh to reveal to us what God is really like. Listen, listen to how the writer of Hebrews said in Hebrews chapter one. He said, long ago, God spoke many times and in many ways to our ancestors through the prophets. But then he says this, but now in these final days, he has spoken to us through his son. God promised everything to his son as an inheritance and through the son, he created the universe. Why? Because the son is the word and everything that was created has been created by the word of God. And then it says this in verse three, the son radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God. So don't tell me that there's any excuse whatsoever that we don't have proof of the existence of God and what kind of God we serve. He has given it through general revelation. He has given it through supernatural revelation. And I believe that even through his word and through other ways, God continues to make himself known to us today. Somebody ought to just give God a good praise right here. That he's a God who wants us to know him. So there's revelation. But here's where the problem comes in. The problem is not that truth hasn't been revealed about God. The, the truth has been revealed. Here's the problem. The problem is rejection. Because listen to what happens. They knew God. That wasn't the issue. They knew God, but they wouldn't worship him as God. And neither would they give him thanks. And let me tell you why they wouldn't worship and honor God. Because if you worship and honor God, if you admit that God exists, now you have to make yourself accountable to him and you have to submit to his authority. And let's just go ahead and admit it in this culture. No one wants to be accountable to anybody, nor does anyone want to submit to authority. <laughs> he said they knew God, but they wouldn't worship him and neither would they give him thanks. God's not the reason why I've been so successful. I'm the reason that I've been so successful. You see, now man, instead of worshiping God, man is worshiping himself. Man is giving himself all the credit for what he's been able to accomplish. 
And he says, they began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. And as a result, look at what happens. Their minds became dark and confused. One moment, they wouldn't receive the truth. Now they couldn't receive truth because the light has gone out and it's dark. And that's why we have a culture now that can't even figure out if they're a boy or a girl. Are you listening to me? I'm just preaching and teaching to you the word of God this morning. Their minds, notice it started in the heart, moved into their body, and affected their minds. They knew him, but they wouldn't worship him, and they began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like, and as a result, their minds became dark and confused. They have been blinded. Their minds have been blinded by Satan. And it's not that they don't want to know they can't. It's like a person who is physically blind. They want to see, but they can't see because of the darkness. Spiritually here, the darkness of their minds, rejection of the truth that they received. And then that moves to rationalization. People begin to rationalize their sin. And boy, here's, here's what we see, and, 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 and this is kind of funny, in a sense, that claiming to be wise, they became morons. That's the Greek word. Claiming to be wise. Or that's the Greek word we get our word moron from, moros. Claiming to be wise, they became utter fools. The wisdom of this world is foolish to God. And the wisdom of God is foolishness to this world. But claiming to be wise, they became utter fools. They, be, they began to rationalize their sin. It's okay. Tolerate. God understands. God's a God of love. Yes, God is a God of love. But as we're seeing in this passage of Scripture, God is also a God that one day we will come before him. And if there is, if there is unconfessed and unrepented of sin in our heart, it'll be just like a criminal that comes before a judge. And after the sentence has been handed down, then that criminal will be handed over to the jailer. And that's what this whole passage is about, being handed over to our enemies. But then it ends. Here's where it ends. And I'll close quickly. It ends with religion. Let me tell you something. Religion is not man, and I'm talking about false religion here. Religion is not man at his best. Religion is man at his worst. Because listen to where it ends up. And instead of worshiping the glorious, ever-living God, they worshiped idols made to look like mere people and birds and animals and reptiles. What they thought is wise was utter foolishness because God in the very beginning of time, and listen, this is the lie that the enemy wants everyone to, to fall for. You can be like God. <clears throat> That's his lie. 
You can be like God. God created us in his image and God told us that we were to have dominion over every beast, every bird, every bug. But instead, what's happening? Man has sunk to a level to where he's now worshiping beasts and birds and bugs. Instead of worshiping the creator, they're worshiping the things that the creator made. Folks, this is, this is what happens to a culture and to a society that God says, okay, have it your way. This, this is where it ends up. And it says they traded the truth about God for a lie, so they worshiped and served the things God created instead of the creator himself who is worthy of eternal praise. Amen. This is what happens, folks, when a nation repeatedly says, we know there's a God, we know he exists, we know there's truth, but we reject it in order to do our own thing. You say, well, pastor, is there any hope for us? Yes. There is good news. And the good news is found in Psalm 81. Right after the Lord says, I told my people that if they would hear and obey my commands, that I'd bless them. But notice what he says. He said, but no, my people wouldn't listen. They wouldn't listen. Israel didn't want me around. And let me tell you something. This kind of junk is infiltrating the church. So many churches, truth is not being preached because people don't want the truth. And we don't want to offend people because they might leave. I'm so thankful that Summerton Church of God is a church that loves truth. We love truth. Hey, we may not like it, but we love it. Right? He said, but no, my people wouldn't listen. Israel didn't want me around, so I let them follow their own stubborn desires, living according to their own ideas. Some of you wondering why things are going like they're going in your life individually right now, maybe in your marriage, maybe in your family. Maybe it's because you've wanted it your way for so long that God says, okay, have it your way. Have it your way. He said, I'm going to let them follow their own stubborn desires, living according to their own ideas. And then he says, oh, that my people would listen to me. Oh, that Israel would follow me walking in my paths. And Israel would be the people of God. Even today, we would be that, that spiritual Israel, the church of the living God. And he says, oh, that Israel would follow me walking in my paths. How quickly I would subdue their enemies how soon my hands would be upon their foes. Oh, those who hate the Lord would cringe before him. They would be doomed forever. But look at this. But I would feed you with the finest wheat. I would satisfy you with wild honey from the rock. He said, oh, if you'll just hear me today. And if you will not reject me and if you will not reject my truth, but if you will receive me and if you will obey my truth and if you will obey my words, I'll subdue your enemies. I'll take care of your enemies. And then I'm going to put my blessing and then I'm going to put my favor on you and your children and your children's children and your children's children's children. Hallelujah. Would you stand with me this morning? Hallelujah. I want the team to come back out. 
And I want us to go back to that second song that we sang this morning. Because listen to me, church, we need the Lord to heal our land. I wonder today if there's any Jonathans in the house. I wonder if there's any Rizpahs in the house. I wonder if there's any Gideons in the house, any Josiahs in the house. Then in a time when our nation needs heroes, men and women of God who are not afraid of the culture, but men and women of God who will stand up on behalf of God and declare the truth and not just declare the truth, but live it. Live the truth of God's word. Oh, that's why I say every single Sunday, we've got to be light and make things brighter. We've got to be salt and make things better. Listen, folks, we are the influence, the godly influence on this culture. We are the representation of God in this culture. Come on, let's be the men and women that God's called us to be. Well, I hope that you were blessed and inspired by today's message. We here at Summerton Church of God believe that God is a God who still does miracles. And we're seeing it on a weekly basis. People's lives being transformed by the power of God, being saved, healed, and delivered for the glory of God. And we want you to experience for yourself. So why don't you come and be our guest one Sunday here at Summerton Church of God. I look forward to personally meeting you.